Good day, my name is Sky, and I appreciate you spending some of your study time with me and Smart Poker Study. So I'm super excited about today's podcast episode because I get to combine three of my favorite things. Thing one, a HUD, specifically the Poker Tracker 4 default HUD. Thing two, exploiting opponents. Absolutely love doing that, especially with HUD statistics, right? And then thing three is teaching. I'm going to teach you what I look for in the default Poker Tracker 4 HUD for my opponent's statistics, which clue me in to their tendencies. And I'm going to teach you some exploits to use based on the tendencies that you spot in your opponents. Now, it's critical that you go to the show notes page for today, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod396. There are two videos on that page that's going to help you get the most out of this podcast episode to help you build your own HUD, if you so desire, and also to, uh, in the video, you're going to see specifically all the HUD stats and exploits I'm talking about laid out there in the video. Or there's also the screenshots on the show notes page. So once again, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 396. Alrighty, time's a-wasting. Gambate! Take on, go to mums, kill Phil, sorry, grab Liz, go to the Winchester, have a nice cold pint, and wait for all this to blow over. That for a slice of fried gold. Yeah, boy! All right, so let's talk about using Poker Tracker 4's default HUD to exploit your opponents. One of the things I really like about the HUD, it's very minimal, just two rows and a minimal number of stats. But all of these stats are super useful, except for one, which we'll talk about in just a sec. In the top row of the note editor, there is, or I'm sorry, of the default HUD, there's the note editor, we've got VPIP, PFR is next, 3-bet preflop, and then C-bet on the flop. On the second line, the villain's name, um, the number of big blinds the player currently has, fold to flop C-bet, and then the total number of hands abbreviated. Now, these are all great. I'm going to go through them one at a time, how I use them to exploit my opponents, or first, to understand what my opponent's tendencies are, and then, of course, to exploit them from that point. So first on the top left is the note editor. I love the note editor. I use it for every single one of my opponents. Probably the number one thing that I do, when you pop open the note editor, you can assign a color code to their HUD panel. So I use green to denote fishy players. Yellow are tight aggressive players. Orange are the more loose aggressive, maybe sometimes maniacal players. And uh, I use red for very tight players, maybe somebody who VPIPs less than 10%. And speaking of VPIP, we'll get to that stat in just a second. But I really like just that feature because seeing that color clues me in right away. I don't even have to look at stats. I just see the color. I know I've got a fish. I see the orange. I know that they're loose aggressive. I see yellow. I know that they're a tight aggressive player. It allows me to start formulating a preflop and a postflop plan against them right away without even thinking about numbers, right? The other thing I like about the note editor is the auto-generated notes. Um, the, at the bottom of the note editor, it tells you things like what the players do overall, um, overall statistics, pre-flop stats, flop stats. You can see sometimes players called three bets out of position with ace-10 suited and queen-10 off. When you see things like this, notes like this, it, it helps you to exploit them in the future. Now that I know this player can call out of position versus a three bet with queen 10 offsuit, what should I be doing? 
I should probably be three betting with king queen suited, king jack suited, ace queen, ace jack, ace ten suited as well against a player like this. So that note editor makes it really useful because it remembers you don't have to see these hands. It remembers the ones that get to showdown and it puts an important note down there, which at some time it can help you out. But the thing is, you have to learn to use that note editor. So on the note editor box, when there is when it's like highlighted in yellow, that means there is some kind of a note there, whether it's an auto-generated note or you typed in some kind of a note for yourself. Some players, you won't see a, uh, the box will not be highlighted in yellow. That means there's no notes yet. So you haven't typed in anything. No hands have got to show down to really uh, make sense or to allow the program to make an auto-generated note. But what you need to do is just train yourself. When you see that yellow box, pop it open. Read what you typed about them in the past or um, read the auto-generated notes. Now, an important thing, a lot of players find it very difficult to take notes when they see actions their opponents make. They get overcomplicated, called a two-bet with Jack-10 suited, the flop came Jack-high, and they type everything out. One of the things, one of the key ways that I use my notes is I'll type in all caps directions to myself three bet with ace 10 suited plus and king queen suited right so i'll type in something like that but i'll put it in all caps when i see a note in the note editor all caps those are directions to me so i don't need to write down what this opponent is called within the past i don't need to look at the auto generated notes down here i type this note in specifically in all caps to tell my future self what to do against this player. So let's talk about the first statistic VPIP or voluntarily put money in the pot. 20% is an inflection point. So if they are VPIPing less than 20%, they're a tight player in general. And of course, the lower the number, 1% VPIP, Wow, this person only plays pocket aces and kings, right? Or 100% VPIP, they play every single hand. So 20% is the inflection point. Anything less than 20% is tight. So if you have a player VPIPing at 19, that's right there. Starting to get loose, almost loose. Another player VPIPing at 16%, a tight player as well. Sometimes you'll find players who VPIP only 8% or 10%, uh, very, very tight players. Other players, greater than 20% is when they start to get loose. If you have a 30% VPIP, a 25, a 35, sometimes you'll come across players, the best targets at the table, they're VPIPing 60, 65, 70% of the time, right? You really want to pay attention to that. And anybody who VPIPs greater than 20, and especially greater than 30, they are a target at the table for sure. So your job, when you see stats like that, you really want to isolate them when they limp in and you have position, raise them with good hands. When they're in the blinds, raise first in uh, in order to isolate them. So you get to the flop with them. You have a tighter range. They have that wider 35, 40, 45% range right there. And you have a mathematical advantage against them, which also, if you compound that by playing in position, let's imagine a 30%, I'm sorry, a 35% V-pipper limps into the pot under the gun. I could ISO-raise him with maybe anything, but probably oftentimes um, a speculative hand, a pocket pair, 
uh, anything suited, connected, aces are great. King high hands are great as well to isolate players. So that's what I would do to play them in position with my tighter range versus his really wide range. The next statistic is PFR or pre-flop raise. 10% is the inflection point. So people who pre-flop raise less than 10% are generally passive. Greater than 10%, they get pretty aggressive. So if you take a look around your table and you see a player who pre-flop raises only 3% of the time, holy cow, he hardly ever likes to raise. He probably does a ton of calling pre-flop, a ton of limping as well. Whereas another player who preflop raises at 15%, they are a bit more aggressive. 28%, a very aggressive player. That means they raise. And PFR is a measurement of any preflop raise. They make an open raise. They ISO raise a limper. They 3-bet, they 4-bet, they 5-bet. Just, it's a total raising percentage. So at 28% of the time, this person is pretty darn aggressive right there. The key thing to pay attention for when it comes to VPIP and PFR, this is probably the best combination stat to look at. I never really just look at VPIP or just look at PFR. I look at them both together. Now, when the gap between VPIP and PFR, when it's greater than PFR, you have a fish. For example, a 35 VPIP, sorry, my dog's barking, a 35 VPIP and an 11 pre-flop raise, that gap is 24%. That gap is greater than the 11%. That means just in general, they're doing the more passive plays of limping and calling more than raising. You've got a fish on the line right there. Another player, 30 slash 28, whoa, that gap is only 2% between VPIP and PFR. He hardly ever calls, maybe never limps, just doesn't like calling pre-flop. He just loves being the aggressive player because that PFR is so high and that gap is so small. So that's going to help you really understand who your opponents are, their general tendencies right there. Now, the next statistic in the default HUD is 3-bet. Now, in general, less than 3%, they're a value 3-better. So if you spot somebody at 3%, maybe somebody else at just 1%, wow, they hardly ever 3-bet. And one key thing with the default HUD or any HUD, if you have or if you mouse over it with the cursor, some numbers are going to pop up, specifically the numbers that constitute that percentage. So if you look at a 3-bet of 1%, when you hover over it, you might see the value is actually just 0.66. It rounded up to 1%. And he's only 3-bet 2 out of 303 times. Wow, that is an absolute value-driven three-better. He probably only three-bets with pocket aces and kings, maybe only aces as well, because it's so infrequent. Now, an important use of your mouse and the hover option to see the stats or the numbers behind the stats is especially if you don't have a lot of hands on a player. Let's imagine you just have 71 hands on a player and his three-bet is at zero. Wow, it looks like this guy never likes to three-bet, so I've got to believe all of his three-bets. Well, hover over it. This player, who you only have 71 hands on, he three bets 0%, but that's only zero out of six opportunities. He hasn't had a lot of chances to three bet. And in those six spots, maybe he was dealt four or five offsuit and jack three offsuit, just things that he doesn't want to three bet. So don't necessarily treat 
any stat, just just on face value, um, and use that to exploit 100%. It's always a good idea to hover over the stat to see the numbers behind it to really clue you in. For the most part, any number that's over 30 opportunities or higher is pretty darn reliable. So if this player's 3-bet was 0% over 30 opportunities... Yeah, he doesn't like to three bet. He's probably closer to that one percent three better. He just hasn't been dealt mm, pocket aces or kings with the opportunity to three bet yet. And speaking of opportunity to three bet, you can only three bet when somebody makes the two bet when they raise pre flop. Well, take a look around your table. Maybe this player just doesn't have a ton of opportunities to three bet. That's why it's so low. We've got somebody, maybe they three bet at 3%. I'm sorry, they open raise at just 11%, preflop raise 11%. That's very low. You have an unknown player. Maybe you have a preflop raise at 13%, another one at 3 and the player to your direct left only preflop raises 15%. With such infrequent raisers at the table, some players just don't have a lot of opportunities to three bet. So pay attention, hover over every number at the statistical extremes, 0%, 100%, to see what that number truly is made up of. Now, the last stat at the end of the default HUD, line one, is CBET on the flop. Really important one to look at. Now, a flop honest CBETter, CBETs at less than 40%. That means they probably only CBET uh, with really strong hands, like top pair or better. If you see a CBET at 25%, you hover over it, oh, it's really low, but it is only one out of four. But that's kind of indicative. Four opportunities to see bet. He's only see bet once. He's probably a pretty honest see better, at least for now. So less than 40% is honest. A bluffer is often less than or greater than 65%. See bet at 70%, which is seven out of 10. Yeah, this person likes to bluff. There's another other person over here. See bet at 84%, 32 out of 38 absolute bluff see better here, especially given that he raises so often, maybe like at 15%. Yeah, likes to see bet bluff right here. Now, one of the big things um, when it comes to see betting on the flop, you do want to take a look or you want to compare that number to their pre-flop raise and their raise first in. Sometimes you'll come across a player who has a see bet at 100% and it's like 11 out of 11 opportunities. You might think to yourself, if you just look at that, this person loves to bluff, I should be bluff raising every single flop against them. Well, not necessarily. This player who C-bets at 100%, pre-flop raises only 3%. So he has a very small, very, very small pre-flop raising range. So obviously, Let's imagine it truly is like just 3% of the time he raises. He only raises with pocket queens and better and ace-king. Yeah, of course he's going to be c-betting 100% of the time because he has such a small initial raising range. So you want to compare c-bet with those pre-flop raising numbers. That'll really clue you into what this player is doing because you can make a huge mistake bluff raising somebody, bluff shoving against them versus a c-bet of 100% when you don't realize that, oh, they're only c-betting top pair or better because that's all they get to the flop with, top pair or better if it's like pocket queens or better and ace-king. I know we're talking about the Poker Tracker default HUD, and it is a good HUD, but I have to thank some awesome poker peeps who purchased my smart HUD for Poker Tracker 4. So I got to thank 
Adam Erdreich, Stephen Plowman, Jose Silva, Roy Hurst, Nick Moore, Osiris Torres, Dang Dung, Indriana Rastandi, and Jamie Hill. They went to smartpokerstudy.com slash smarthud, and they picked up the HUD. Here's the benefit of using the HUD. The HUD itself has 16 elements laid out in the most logical of ways, so you see combination stats next to each other. For example, C-bet flop and turn, and then bet river are right there, so you see all of your opponent's C-betting and river betting tendencies. There are also seven custom pop-ups, and when you purchase the uh, Smart HUD for Poker Tracker 4, you also get a 75-minute webinar that teaches you exactly how to use the HUD to exploit your opponents. So once again, thanks to all of you who got the Smart HUD recently by going to smartpokerstudy.com slash smart HUD. Now, let's take a look at the bottom row of the default HUD. The first stat, maybe not necessarily a stat, but the first element is the player name. Now, this is helpful for new players at the table because sometimes a player HUD will remain. They're going to leave the table and maybe you're not paying attention, you're multi-tabling, and a new player comes in. Out of nowhere, this new player sits in, but the HUD remains the same. It's really good just to make sure you know what's going on. Compare the name with the name, uh, the name in the HUD with the name of the player. If they don't match, you know that this is a brand new player. The HUD will reset after the player, the new player plays one hand. So that's why that's a bit useful right there. It just kind of confirms the stats are related to that player. Now the next stat in the HUD is the live amount big blinds. Now this is great for tournaments because you really want to have, or it helps you understand the mindset, the potential mindset of your opponent. When somebody has only 10 big blinds, they might be like in an aggressive chip accumulating, three bet bluffing, open raise shoving kind of mode, right? Or if you limp in, they're going to shove over the top of you, whatever it might be, they might be really aggressive. So seeing for tournaments, the number of big blinds, super helpful. But for cash, it's unnecessary. In that default HUD, you're going to see 66 big blinds in the HUD. Well, their stack size right there, 66 big blinds. 99 big blinds here, 99 again. What's the point, right? The, the stack size is there. I don't need it in the HUD. So what I highly recommend is to replace within the default HUD for, for cash game players. Replace the live amount big blinds with call preflop 2-bet or raise first in. Either one of those, just replacing one for one or removing that one stat, the live amount big blinds, and then replacing it with both stats, whatever you want. But these are very useful because that call preflop two bet, if it's greater than 20%, you have a fish on the line. It's kind of like noticing that the gap between VPIP and PFR is greater than PFR, like we talked about earlier. That's a fish or that's a sign of a fish. That's your target at the table. Also, call preflop 2-bet as a total. If it's greater than 20%, you have another fish on your hand. So you want to find those. When you find those players who are great targets, like I said before, ISO-raise them in the blind. So enter the pot with anything good, anything playable against them for a really awesome combination. If you find somebody who calls the preflop 2-bet greater than 20%, which uh, greater than 20% just means they're calling a ton, especially out of the blinds. But if you also see their fold to flop C bet is greater than like 60%, awesome. You've got a player that just needs to see the flop. They call way too often, but they're quick to fold on the flop. 
That's a money-making machine right there. You open race, they call in the blinds, the flop hits, they miss, you see bet, they fold, wham, bam, thank you, officer. So make sure, look for that uh, combination statistic. The second one that you can replace live amount big blinds with is raise first in. Now, if somebody's raised first in, it's related to the pre-flop raise number. But this specifically is the action is folded to them. How often do they raise first in? Less than 10% is a pretty passive player. Greater than 20% is a pretty aggressive player. That between 10 to 20, that's kind of iffy. You're not exactly sure. You'll... Uh, they're hard to read that be- between 10 to 20, right? They put some thought or they're just a, kind of a tight player in general. But you're really looking for that greater than 20% because you want to know who to target with your three bet bluffs. If it's greater than 20%, especially in their position, somebody could have a 25% raise for sin as a total, but under the gun in the EP, it might just be 12%. So try not to allow an aggressive looking player with a total race first in at 25. Don't let that trick you into thinking they're super aggressive in every position. So it's a really good idea to open up the default uh, the default pop-ups within the default poker tracker for HUD and look at their race first in by position. You're going to see that breakdown. You're going to find some players who raise first in out of the EP only 9% of the time. Some other players who raise first in a ton, you're going to find that they raise first in 25% of the time. You can target them with three bet bluffs in the EP, but the 9% raisers, you probably don't want a three bet bluff their early position raise. All right, so the next statistic in the default HUD on the second row is fold to flop C bet. They are honest if they fold 60% of the time. That means that players at 62% fold to flop C bet, 66, 63%, 100%, depending on the samples, right? On the sample size, you want to C bet bluff them a ton because they're folding so often. Now, if they are folding so often, if you flop the nuts, you flop the nut flush, you probably don't want to bet because they're going to be quick to fold unless they flop the second or the third nut flush, right? But if you if you flop top set and you want them to stay in, either check give them the opportunity to bluff into you, or maybe bet small, one-third, one-quarter pot or something to try to convince them to stay in. So seeing a high number in fold-to-flop bet, it's great for bluffing, but it also helps you make a little bit more sophisticated value uh, proposition plays. Now, if their fold-to-flop bet is less than 40%, they are a sticky player. If they call a ton pre-flop and hate folding, uh, you generally don't want to bluff them but when you hit that top set, when you hit that nut hand, maybe value bit a little bit bigger to try to get value because they're sticky. They hate folding on the flop. So get value while the getting's good. Now, the last stat in the default HUD is hands abbreviated. And it's abbreviated because if you have 5,974 hands on a player, you don't need to see 5,974, right? 6.0K or 5.9K, whatever it says abbreviated is perfect for that. Now, in general, you can start using HUD stats at any time uh, against your opponents. If you only have 10 hands on a player, but he's V-pipped all 10 hands, you know you got a fish on the line, right? Like, what are the chances that your first 10 hands at the table are all worthy of playing, of calling, of three-betting, of open-raising? The chances are very small. So even at 10 hands, you can start mm, utilizing some statistics. Now, 
when I say utilizing some statistics, preflop statistics are more useful sooner in your history with an opponent than post-flop statistics, right? Because every hand, whether you dealt 4-5 offsuit or jack-4 offsuit or ace-king suited or pocket tens, you're going to see that pre-flop action. You're going to get an opportunity to make a play. So pre-flop statistics accumulate more quickly than flop, than turn, and then ultimately the river stats are the ones that accumulate least frequently, right? Because the least number of hands get to the river, but every single hand sees that flop act or pre-flop action. So I would say you truly can, even at 10 hands on a player, not at zero hands, but at 10 hands, you can definitely start exploiting some pre-flop statistics. Now, as you get to more hands, 50 to 70 hands, 90 to 100 hands, now some of those post-flop statistics start to gain relevance, but definitely the pre-flop at 100 hands, they're pretty darn reliable, especially for anything related to the first raise, the two bet, whether they're calling, whether they're limping, whether they're making that first raise, very reliable. But three bet stats and four bet stats, because those don't happen as often, you might need quite a few more hands, anywhere from 500 to 800 to up to a thousand hands or more to get a reliable read on four bet stats or three bet stats as well. But one of the great things is you don't need to have a ton of hands. Hopefully some of the hands get to showdown. Poker Tracker 4 is going to pick up on this and they're going to see that a player called three bets with specific hands, that another player maybe made three bets with specific hands or four bets as well in those auto-generated notes of the note editor. Challenge! Here's my challenge to you for this episode. Actively use your HUD to exploit your opponents. I don't care if it's the smart HUD, the default HUD, you create your own HUD, doesn't matter. Learn to use it. Look at those statistical percentages. Learn them to, or learn to use them to understand your opponent's tendencies. Then pull the trigger on all those exploits that you believe will work, given what you know about your opponent at the time. Doing this over and over again, session after session, it's going to train your use with the HUD and eventually making raids, making exploits. It's all going to become natural and you'll become more profitable as well. Now it's your turn to take action and dippy dippy do something positive for your poker game. Oh, that's it now. Get out there and be somebody. Alrighty, your learning is not complete until you visit the show notes page, smartpokerstudy.com slash pod 396 for the screenshots, the videos, all that jazz, help you take notes, see all of the exploits laid out right there for you. And my other podcast called Daily Poker Tips, that's available wherever you listen to podcasts. To subscribe, just go to smartpokerstudy.com slash daily poker tips. You'll get a new tip every day. Until next time, take action both on and off the felt to become the player that you want to be.